Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Did you know that Adam was actually called to be a worship leader? Did you know that you are actually called to be a worship leader, even if you're not a musician or a singer, but we're all actually called to be worship leaders, maybe not in the traditional way of thinking about it, but we're all called to worship and we're all called to facilitate encounters with God's presence. This is what we were made to do. Worship is actually a really big deal. It connects to the very purpose of humanity. Why God created us is to be worshipers and to steward the earth as a sanctuary of worship. It's pretty epic, guys. And so that's what the podcast episode is about today. It's about being a royal priesthood. This is what God made us to do, and it's actually our eternal destiny. So I'm excited to get into this teaching today. But first, if you're new, welcome. Thank you for tuning into the Presence Pioneers podcast. Our podcast exists to equip you and your community to experience and host the presence of God because we believe God's presence changes everything. So on Thursdays, we release new episodes. They're either short little Bible teachings like today, or they're extended interviews and conversations with leaders in the prayer and worship movement or key Bible teachers to help equip you and your community. So please subscribe and stay in touch with us. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org. You can visit all of our previous episodes. You can search by keyword or by a topic, and you can browse through all of our previous episodes there. You can learn more about our ministry. You can also make a donation to support our ministry in the podcast as well, if you'd like to do that. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, well, today we have a special episode. It's a recording of a teaching I gave at Youth with a Mission YWAM in Boston, earlier this year about being a royal priesthood. So we want to give you a little clip today from that teaching. I got amazing feedback from it. And again, it really connects to the heart of every believer and every human about why we exist and God's ultimate purpose for us. Here it is. Hope you enjoy it. You guys are priests before God. We are all called to be priests and kings. I'm going to start in 1 Peter 2.9. It's on the sheet if you want to you want to look at it, pretty familiar for a lot of people, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, so I want to talk about what it means to be a priesthood, and then I want to like zoom out for just a minute, and just, I want you to catch how epic worship is in God's big picture story purpose, because when we stand, sit, whatever, when we stand before God and sing to him and worship, we are not just having a moment, but we are actually entering into the reason that God created the universe and the reason that God created us. And we are, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's just talk about priesthood for just a minute and then I'll get into that. Priest, okay, look, let's just look at the notes real quick. <laughs> We are called to be priests and kings. That's royal priesthood, right? So we are priests, which may be a weird word. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear priest. I used to think like Catholic priests and like they wore some kind of fancy outfit or something. But 
priest means here, number two, that we minister to God, worshiping, praying, and serving him with all of our hearts and lives. So we, our first ministry is ministry to God, okay? Ministry to the Lord, that is worship. And of course, God is perfect. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to be preached to or healed or encouraged, right? We don't, but we, we serve him, we minister to him with our worship, with our praise, with our love, and that relationship with him is ministry to him. That's what priests do. They minister to God, okay? And then a royal priesthood means that we're also kings or queens. You can say, you can say queens. We have to be a part of the bride of Christ, so you, you guys can, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> male and female, we are kings. We steward the earth with God. Really, this is like worship and missions, but it's even more than missions because there's going to come a day where there's no more missions, but there will still be worship, and we will, we will actually still be a royal priesthood stewarding the earth with God forever. And this is our calling, working with him to keep creation in right order. It is our job to keep the sanctuary of the earth as a holy place of worship, that God would have a resting place where his will is always done. And these two things, being a priest and being a king, are two separate roles, but they're not separate. They're actually intertwined realities that flow out of the place of being in the presence of God. Okay, so I just want to, that's just as a point of introduction, but I want to unpack this idea about being a priesthood. And I'm going to kind of run through some stuff kind of fast, okay? I've got a little bit of a teacher thing, so I'm just, you guys good? You, you signed up for a, an intensive, so... We're gonna. We're just gonna get. We're gonna get a little theological and a little Bible. Is that good? Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Okay. Royal priesthood. This is our original purpose. So I'm gonna go to the very beginning of the book, the Bible, and I'm gonna go to the very end of the book. Okay. And, and we're gonna see. Uh, and we're kind of in the middle right now. Okay. The very beginning of the book, the book of Genesis. God created the universe, specifically the earth, to be a place of worship for him. God created humanity to worship. That is why we exist. When you think of the Garden of Eden, I don't know what you think of. For me, I'm from North Carolina, so I think about uh, like a tomato garden, vegetables or something like that, you know. So Adam had to like grow some vegetables or some flowers or something like that. And that's actually not, when you begin to study the scriptures, that's not the, and, and when you understand the context of, of the people in that time in history, they would not have thought vegetable garden in North Carolina. <laughs> okay. And when you begin to study the scriptures, you begin to see that the Garden of Eden was actually set up as a temple. Okay. It was a sanctuary. It was a tabernacle. And there's a, Theologian G.K. Beale, I'm going to point to him, and you can just trust me, that, that there's hundreds and hundreds of pages that you can go and you can see he, he lays this out. But the, what we need to know is that God put Adam and Eve in the garden, and that garden was a sanctuary of God's presence. It was a place of, it was to be a place of worship, and that's how we should properly think of it. And Adam and Eve were put there to worship to minister to God, to dwell with him, and to steward that garden and to take care of that garden, not just to, to take care of the plants, but to actually steward it as a place of worship, as a place of God's presence, okay? 
It's actually really epic. So there's a verse, Genesis 2.15, where it says that, that God put Adam and Eve in the garden to tend and to keep the garden, to tend and to keep. And we go, okay, what, is the, what does to tend and to keep mean? Those two words uh, in, in the scriptures, okay, let's just say this. Who wrote the book of Genesis? Anybody know? Moses. Okay. So think Moses's day. Okay. Most people think Moses wrote Genesis. He's, what's the context in, in Moses's day? They've got the tabernacle, right? They've got the Levites and the, the Levitical system, and they've got all the rooms, animal sacrifices. Okay. Those two words to tend and to keep are the two words they use to describe the Levites and the priest who would take care of the tabernacle in this. So when you see those two words together in scripture, that's what it's describing. So when the people in Moses' day would have read that and they would have said, Adam and Eve were put in the garden to tend and to keep it, they would have thought, oh, just like the Levites and the priests take care of the tabernacle right now in our community. And so they would have understood that Adam and Eve were put there to tend and to keep. And so the, the word tend actually means to, to serve or to minister. And to tend is actually doesn't have an object. So it's like, to tend, period, and to keep it, okay? So it's not tend it and keep it, but it's just to tend, period, and then keep it. So tend is actually just to serve. So you were put in a garden to serve. To serve what? To serve God. <laughs> they were to take care of the garden, but they were actually to attend to God. They were put in the garden to attend to God, to, to worship him, to minister to him, and then to keep the garden as a place where God stayed central where he was worshiped so that the garden of Eden was actually to be a tabernacle. And then when, when God gives them this mandate to go into all the world, right? Be fruitful and multiply. What he was saying is take this garden that I've created, that I've put you in, take this tabernacle of my presence while I'm dwelling with you, where you're worshiping me and you're keeping it as a place of worship and expand that to the entire earth. So you can actually think of Adam, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think of Adam as a worship leader. He was called to worship, and then he was called to lead worship in the Garden of Eden. And it was just the two of them, but God was saying, be fruitful, multiply, you know, raise up more worshipers, have babies, teach them to worship. You guys spread out all over the earth, let Eden fill the earth, let my, let my glory, my manifest presence Fill the earth as you worship me. That is why we exist. That's why God created humanity was so that he could fill the earth with his glory as the waters cover the sea, that the earth would become uh, his dwelling place, a sanctuary for his presence. Isn't that awesome? So remember I said worship's kind of a big deal. Like it's kind of a big deal. You know, like it's why we exist. It's why God put us here. And so Adam was a royal, Adam and Eve were a royal priesthood. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers 
will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. That's what they were. They were a priesthood to minister to God, and they were royal priesthood, which means they were called to be kings, quote unquote, to steward the earth, to take care of the earth, uh, and, and, and to take care of the earth, not just like in an environmental sense, but in a ministry sense, right? And so that's why Adam and Eve, you know, that's why, that's why they failed us because they let the enemy come into the garden. They didn't keep it as a pure place of worship. You know, they let the enemy come into that. And then, of course, the fall happened, right? And so now the world is not as it should be. Uh, and humanity is not functioning as they should. Does that make sense? Okay. I think it's cool. I mean, when I, dis- when I discovered this, I was like, this is amazing. Uh, it, br- it brings such, a, uh, such a, a different perspective, you know, on why we exist. You know, God didn't create us so that we could take care of plants, which if you like plants, that's great. My wife loves plants. She has a little garden and she's always, uh, I mean, we, we just moved into a new house. This is a rabbit trail. But we just, it's only like two hours away, but we had to do like an entire separate truckload of like potted plants so that we can move all of my wife's plants. So she loves plants, but that's not why we were created. We were created to worship. All right. So like I said, that was why we were made. The fall happened, right? Sin entered the world. Things, things became broken. Let's fast forward to the very end. Jesus is going to restore all things back to where it should be in the garden again. If you go to the end of the book in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, and chapter 5, verse 10, well, I'm not going to read it right now, just for the sake of time, I'll just mention, but what it says is that God is going to make us priests and kings unto him forever. It says that we will be priests and kings unto him forever. There's awesome parallels between Genesis and Revelation. If you want a fun little study, go look I mean, there's a, there's a, tr- the tree of life is back there again. Um, it's, it's so amazing. So Genesis one is like this kingly thing where he says, be fruitful and multiply. Revelation four, you see this throne room. It's kingly. You see crowns, you see thrones. Uh, Genesis two is where he says, tending to keep the garden. That's that priestly calling to worship the minister of the Lord. You go look in, in, Revelation 5, which Revelation 4 and 5, if you don't know, that's like the vision John had of heaven, okay? So that's a really, those are really important chapters for worshipers. So you guys wanted to grow in worship. If if you haven't gotten into Revelation 4 and 5, I mean, you could take a week on that uh, and do a whole school on, on that. But the point is, God is going to restore what Adam and Eve were originally called to do, which is to be priests and kings forever, 
So our eternal destiny for forever and ever is to be on the earth, worshiping God and stewarding the earth together as his sons and daughters as a place of his glory and his presence. We're going to be leading worship forever. And by leading worship, I don't mean on a stage singing, playing your instruments. You understand what I mean? And that's not what a worship leader is supposed to do. We're, we're supposed to, you know, create these environments where, where God can be, right, together. And we can, we can be with him together, and we're all focused on Jesus. And that's, the, that's what the earth is going to be forever. The, the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So that's pretty epic <laughs> as well, right? All right, you guys track him? All right, so we started as kings and priests. We end as kings and priests. And we're in the middle right now. And 1 Peter 2 says we are called to be a royal priesthood right now. So Jesus is restoring us to be who we're created to be and who we're originally called to be to worship him again. Now, I'm not going to get into all this because this would take a long time to get into, but it's, it's really good stuff. <laughs> and what I want you to understand is that, oh, well, let me just have a few verses here. So like Hebrews, I'm going to flip to the very last page. <laughs> if I wish I, could, I wish I could be with you guys longer. I would love to do a couple extra sessions and we could really get into some stuff. Um, next year, yeah. All right. So I just wanted to, to read these couple of verses from Hebrews just to give some more Bible here. Seeing then we have a great high priest, this is Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest, there's that priestly language, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So while the fullness of what Jesus is going to restore is not going to happen until he returns again, even right now, we are a royal priesthood and we can come boldly before the throne of God and minister to him. And that is what we're called to do. It's what we were made to do. It's what we're going to do for all of eternity. And we get to do it right now. And Jesus has made a way to restore us back to the Father, right? Breaking, you know, the curse of sin so that we could enter back in to the presence of God, minister to him. And I want to urge you guys as, as, you're, as you're worshiping to learn to minister to God. Learn to be priests. I believe God is, is speaking this to a generation that is, that is wanting to be on a stage many times, that is wanting to get likes, that is wanting to be seen, is wanting to, you know, have people hear their songs or write a next big song or, or whatever it may be. God is, God is inviting us. He's saying, come and minister to me. Come and, come and learn what it means to move my heart. When nobody's looking, when nobody's impressed with you, <laughs> Jesus, you know, he, when he was teaching people to pray, he said, go to your father who's in the secret place, you know, and, and he will reward you openly, you know, go to your father in secret and he will reward you openly. And so I believe that that needs to be the approach of worshipers. I think we need a revelation that we're priests before God. We need an under, and the Lord's doing that 
I'm seeing it. It's amazing. You guys are here, and I know he's doing it in you, that you're saying, I want to worship you. I mean, I want to make a difference in the world, of course, but first and foremost, I want to touch God. <laughs> I want to minister to him. I want to, I want to know him and let him reward me openly if he wants to, you know. But really, when you get to that place where you, you know, you love Jesus <laughs> and you've learned you've learned the delight of being in His presence in the secret place and what it, what it means to to stand before Him, it's like, okay, like I I could go out in front of people if I need to, but Jesus, as long as you're there, you know. And so I I just want to. I just want to urge you guys to, to really prioritize his presence and uh, to really learn to minister to him. It's not, uh, <laughs> there's things you can learn from these kind of schools. I mean, I'm standing up here and I'm teaching you right now. I'm trying to. And so there's things you can learn from these schools, but there's things that you can get alone with God that you cannot get in schools. You cannot get from a teaching. You cannot get from somebody laying hands on you and praying for you. There's, there's things you can get from God uh, that you can only get from him. And, uh, and so I just want to urge you to go after those things, you know. Uh, Jesus talked about getting oil in our lamps before he returns in Matthew 24, you know. It's that oil of intimacy with him. And so I, I believe that, that that's what we need. We need to go and get oil in our lamps, you know. I'm the third speaker that said that. Cool. Well, it's not obviously not in my notes, but um, so yeah. Well, God, God loves us so much, guys. I mean, really, I'm like getting. I'm maybe I'm falling asleep, or maybe I'm just getting touched by the Lord up here. But it's like, <laughs> but He just He loves us so much. He's really zealous for our hearts. Like, I mean, He really. That's why He's saying, "Get oil in your lamps," is because He's He loves us so much. He's like come be with me. I love you. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I want to urge you guys to go after that. Learn to be, learn to be priests. The priests were the ones that they kept the fire on the altar day and night. They had to literally put oil in the lamps. Right. And so learn, learn to, learn to keep that fire burning, learn to keep the oil in your lamps.